This is Things That Really Matter, a podcast by Global Multidisciplinary Engineers Kundal that is dedicated to creating new and innovative solutions for the built environment and driving the agenda towards a more sustainable future. Join us as we discuss the challenges and changes that affect the built environment around the world with the brightest minds in our industry. Hello and welcome to the Things That Really Matter podcast. My name is Rick Navarro and I'm the Head of Marketing and Clients APAC at Kundal. And today I'm joined by Matherin Maria Nayagam. He's a Principal Sustainability Consultant and our BPS Lead in Australia. I'll be chatting with Matt about what exactly is BPS, achieving zero carbon in existing buildings, and his recent City Switch Hall of Fame award. Matt, welcome to the things that really matter. Thanks, Rick. Matt, let us start with BPS. There are a lot of acronyms in our industry. What exactly is BPS? It's a very good question, Rick. Um, the BPS stands for Building Performance Services. As the name suggests, it's all about the building and its performance improvements and uh, maintaining its performance. A good example would be almost like a, buying a car. So when you buy a car, we know what the performance of the car, what's the motor size, you know, what's the fuel efficiency, how many passengers that can carry, how much of uh, weight it can tow. But after we buy the car, do we stop looking into anything? No, we have to maintain it. We have to look into uh, its daily and monthly and annual maintenance schedules and uh, making sure the performance is maintained and kept uh, upgraded as, as it go. So that is the part the building performance services provide in a building context. The buildings are designed to perform at certain level, but the building performance services help the buildings to either keep that performance going or make it even better, if that makes sense. It does indeed. And one of the things to address that, that you've recently published with Kundal, is a five-step guide to optimal building performance or a building fitness guide, if you like. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? I would love to. Um, so. When we were looking into building performance services for existing building in particular, uh, we, we thought, uh, well, it is a, almost like a black box uh, for tenants, for owners, for build, facility managers. So um, the team at Kundal, we thought, all right, let's create a simple five-step guide for anyone to understand what it requires to get your building perform better. So the first step of the guide is about knowing how you are currently performing. So without knowing uh, what's the performance of the building, you can't either benchmark it or you can't make it improving. So measure the current performance, be it uh, your energy performance, your water performance, your indoor air quality uh, performances, or your carbon footprint of the building, or how the tenants are feeling into the building, whether there's uh, any ESG uh, requirements there. So, so those are the measurements you got to do the first one. So measure the current performance. Don't worry about whether you're doing great or not, but do the measurement. The second step of the guide is that in many instances, the, the owners or the, the companies, investment companies, they own the buildings, they have ESG targets. 
for example, uh, some companies will have, all right, by 2030, we should go for carbon neutrality. Or someone will have um, 2035, we should reach net zero targets. So looking to the owners or investment companies, ESG targets, and how that can be applied to your building. So that is the second step. First step is the measuring your performance. Second step, understanding what sort of targets you have to meet. The third step is how we can achieve those targets. It's a roadmap. So you start with whatever you have got, you know where you stand and you know where you have to go. And this roadmap, figure it out what else you have to do as you go in order to meet those targets. It can be a five-year plan, it can be a 10-year plan, it can be a 15-year plan, or the five-year can be upgraded and modified as you go. Doesn't matter, but you have to have that roadmap there. So that is the third step. The fourth step is how the building is prepared for any emergencies, environmental emergency. When the temperature goes up, can our air conditioning system cope with that? When the uh, fire haze or fire smoke comes in, is our building can um, cope up with that filtration issues. Or when there's flooding issues or uh, a lot of uh, heat temperature, those kind of emergency, environmental emergency, is the building prepared to cope with that? And what are the measures we have put in place to address those things? That's the fourth step. Fifth step is continually improving. So the government regulations change almost every year now. Every, every government is imposing more requirements for organizations and address uh, uh, climate uh, risk. So updating those policies and uh, your plans and your roadmap is quite important as you go. So these are the five steps without thinking too much about what, where to start or what to do. This one will help any investors, any building owners, any um, uh, facility managers, or even the tenants to start looking into their existing building. And taking that a step further, Matt, we're now in a space where zero carbon is top of mind for everyone in the built environment and beyond, of course. So when we think about the massive building stock that does exist in terms of those existing buildings, what opportunities are there for that existing building stock to actually achieve zero carbon in a realistic way? Well, there are a lot. The existing building stock itself is that, you know, it's going to be there for the next, you know, 40, 50 years. And the whole idea of building performance services is to extend the lifespan going further. So when we think of the existing building and what they can do, there are various options available um, to address that. So Matt, that's really interesting. So if we then extend that to considering the existing building stock that makes up the large majority of our cities and our communities, what opportunities are there in a realistic sense to achieve zero carbon with that existing building stock moving forward? As you correctly identified, the existing buildings are the largest stock and the new buildings are coming in, but the whole idea is to extend the lifespan of the existing building so that we don't have to build new. But also when you think of how would I take my existing building uh, to become a net zero carbon building or carbon neutral building. So sometimes if you 
think that when it's an abstract way, it looks like a monumental task. Oh, how am I going to you know, get to that point? But actually, we just have to start thinking in a very simple manner, just identifying, okay, what are my emissions? So we start to understand where the emissions come from, from the building operational point of view, that will help us to identify opportunities and uh, solutions to bring the carbon to a neutral position. There's a, a very good example we recently um, uh, did in WA. Uh, the building is owned by RF Coval and managed by Knight Frank, a facility management company. So they approached us and asked, uh, okay, how and what we can do in order to improve the performance of the building. Carbon neutral wasn't in their plan, but because we started this process, we can easily help them to understand what are the areas that they can improve and also just breaking down in terms of their carbon footprint and lead them to a carbon neutral certification. And it was a very good opportunity to show that any building when you start thinking of breaking down those big questions into a small question and start answering them, then you can easily reach your targets. And this particular building, Work Zone East, reached the carbon neutrality, the first building in Perth, W, Western Australia. That's a fantastic achievement. And actually, speaking of achievements, I also wanted to mention your recent entry into the City Switch Hall of Fame Awards, a fantastic achievement in accolade. Can you just quickly explain what the City Switch Awards are and what the awards mean to you personally? City Switch itself, it's a program. It is one of the biggest program in Australia, mainly focused on office environment and bringing the tenants and the building managers and the owners into sustainability and uh, uh, sustainable programs. They provide a very good guides and assistance to anyone to join the journey and uh, doing small things that can lead to a big one. So it is one of the biggest uh, uh, sustainability program for the office spaces in Australia. In terms of the award, it was a complete surprise. Uh, I was put forward by Phil Russell. He is the City Switch program manager in Western Australia. Uh, he works for the city of Perth as well. I did not know then, uh, but he knows that our involvement in the industry, mine and Kundal as a whole. So it was a surprise and uh, encouragement to know that uh, I have been inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. But I, I also reflect on the fact that Kundal, our company, enabled us to do that one. The wealth of knowledge we have and the opportunities for us to go ahead and uh, apply solutions and uh, make things happen. Um, so th this this award is sort of a recognition of you know how it's a culture of the uh, candle and how company enables us to do uh, great things in our uh, building space. Yeah, really well said, Matt, and no doubt a well-deserved award for you personally. So I appreciate your time. And I'm sure our clients look forward to working with you on future projects. Thanks, Rick. This is a podcast by Condor, the first engineering consultancy to be certified carbon neutral by the Carbon Trust.